This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alex Tai. And I'm Alice Dempster. It's Wednesday the 25th of October. In your Squiz today, Hamas releases some hostages. Microsoft invests in Aussie tech. An Australian coach is at the top of the soccer world. And happy 100 years to Vegemite. This is your Squiz today. After the release of four hostages by Hamas in the last week, reports now say that the group is considering releasing another 50 hostages, Alice, specifically those who are dual citizens. And that amounts to about a quarter of the hostages that Israeli and US authorities believe are still in Gaza. And it also follows the news yesterday that two Israeli peace activists were released. They were two elderly women aged 79 and 85. And reports say they were released for humanitarian reasons after officials from Qatar and Egypt negotiated with Hamas. We also heard yesterday from the family of the two American women who were released on Friday. They say they're relieved that the women are safe, but other members of the same family are still being held hostage in Gaza. So they say they won't celebrate until all of the hostages are free. The US government has also indicated that it thinks the fate of hostages should be the number one consideration for Israel's army at the moment, and that the ground invasion of Gaza should be delayed. But, the US says, aerial strikes should continue in order to keep pressure on Hamas to release those hostages. And Alex, Hamas health officials in Gaza are saying that those airstrikes have killed more than 5,000 people in the Palestinian territory, with about 2,000 of those being children. And to put that number into context, back in 2014 when Israel last invaded Gaza, reports say that 1,462 civilians were killed. Agencies say that they're concerned that the death toll could rise further, especially as more civilians are returning to their homes in the north of the Gaza Strip. Yeah, that's where the heaviest airstrikes are. And Israel has previously instructed civilians to leave that area. But aid agencies fear that people are now relocating back into the north due to the lack of shelter and supplies in the south of Gaza. Our Prime Minister Anthony Albanese is in the US this week and he made an announcement yesterday with a price tag that is going to be pretty hard to beat. (laughs) Microsoft will be investing $5 billion into Australia's cybersecurity capabilities. So a big chunk of that money is going towards a partnership with the Australian Signals Directorate, which is Australia's national cybersecurity agency. They'll be working with Microsoft on what's being called a cyber shield. And that's another way to say that we'll be building our capability to fight off hackers online. I wouldn't have to remind any Optus and Medibank customers this, but that is timely after those big hacks last year. The CyberShield is part of the government's cybersecurity strategy, and the goal is to make Australia one of the most secure and resilient nations in the world by 2030. 
The Microsoft money will also be going towards building new cloud computing centers around Australia, as well as towards training Aussies for new tech jobs. And while we're on that US trip, Anthony Albanese has been invited to a White House state dinner and he has invited the Aussie Rugby League Commission's chairman to be one of his guests of honour. That man is Peter Volandis and the timing is pretty good for him because the (laughs) NRL is preparing to launch its game into the US early next year. On the topic of Aussies overseas, the soccer coach Ant Postacoglu is the hottest property in English football right now after his team, the Tottenham Hotspurs, surged to the top of the Premier League yesterday. It is still early days in the competition, Alex, but after nine rounds, Postacoglu's team has had seven wins, two draws and no losses. And that makes it the best start to a season for the Tottenham Hotspurs in 60 years. It is a 38-round competition, though, so there's still a bit to go. But for now, the Hotspurs are two points ahead of their nearest competition. And there's some other news in the world of soccer at the moment. The Jamaican women's football team has gone on strike. They've accused their football federation of poor management. The Jamaican women's football team is called the Reggae Girls. They finished in the final 16 in the Women's World Cup just a few months ago. But they say they have not been properly paid for that tournament and that they're going to sit on the sidelines until that pay dispute is resolved. Alice, there have been no shortage of headlines about Britney Spears' new memoir, The Woman in Me, which is dropping in Australian stores today. Yeah, it's had huge hype, hasn't it? Mm. And you can get a sense of why if we go through some of the headlines. The big one was that Spurs terminated a pregnancy while she was in a relationship with Justin Timberlake. That was back in the early 2000s. And Spears says that she was conflicted about that decision. We also know some more details about the conservatorship that Britney's family placed her under as a way to control her life and her finances. For anyone who isn't aware of the background there, there was a big movement in 2018. It was called Free Britney, and it was a social media push to end the conservatorship. And that arrangement was eventually lifted in 2021. As for what is next for Britney Spears, she says in her memoir that she's not interested in having a career in music right now, saying that instead it's time for her to actually find myself. A message now from our podcast partner, BHP. The steel made from iron ore plays an important role in providing the production of our energy infrastructure, from wind turbines to power poles. So cutting carbon emissions in iron ore production is key. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power its port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP. A very happy birthday to Vegemite, which is turning 100 years old today. What an icon, Alice. What an icon. (laughs) The legend of Vegemite goes that Cyril Callister, a food technologist, was enlisted to develop an Aussie version of Britain's Marmite after imports were stopped during World War I. The sales were initially slow, but the happy little Vegemites jingle from the 1950s helped to cement the spread into Aussie culture. (laughs) And there's now 22 million jars of Vegemite sold each year. Cyril Callister's original recipe from 100 years ago is still in use, so Cyril is an icon himself. (laughs) And for any non-Aussies listening, just a public service announcement, Vegemite is not a chocolate spread. It is, of course, very funny to see Americans put a whole (laughs) slab on their toast, but please don't do that. We don't want to see you get hurt. (laughs) 
The Sydney Morning Herald's Good Food Awards dropped yesterday and it was a fish-filled ceremony. Yeah, so Neil Perry's new seafood restaurant, Margaret, was named the best restaurant of the year. And the chef of the year is Josh Nyland, who's known for treating fish like red meat with his popular takeout joint charcoal fish, as well as the fish butchery. I have eaten from charcoal fish once and it was delicious, so I can recommend it. Mm. And Alice, the Victorian Good Food Awards are out next week. Squiz the day, Alice. What is coming up later today? Well, the Australian ambassador for the State of Israel is speaking at the National Press Club. That's at 12.30pm Eastern Time. And Alex, it's also World Pasta Day, so I know what I'm making for dinner tonight. And this is a weird one, but if you need a pasta-themed podcast recommendation, my (laughs) favourite pasta podcast is this series called Mission Impastable by a (laughs) podcast called The Sporkful. It is the journey of making a new pasta shape. And truly, it's really, really excellent podcasting. And I'll put a link in the show notes. And that's it for us today. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back again tomorrow. G'day, I'm Kate Watson, co-host of News Club. News Club this week was an interview with Lauren Sams. She's the fashion editor at the Australian Financial Review. She's all over the business of fashion and retail, so I pulled her in to talk to us about fast fashion and ultra-fast fashion. In particular, businesses like Timu and Shein, who in Australia alone are on track to record more than $2 billion in sales. Here's a clip from that conversation. What is happening is that it's recalibrating fashion as a single-use item. Mm. So when you think about something that's 6 or $7, you know, my, I bought coffee this morning and that was $5.50 and that that's a single-use item to me. You know, I, I have my coffee. Like actually is, like you cannot use that twice. No. <laughs> and so when you're talking about a dress yeah. that's sort of an equivalent price, people equate it with something that doesn't need to be valued. Um, you don't need to wear it again. To listen to the full interview, just search for News Club in your podcast app and hit follow.